Welcome to the Glow Up Effect podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. Here at the Glow Up Effect, we're diving deep into mindset shifts, inspiration, and daily actions to help you thrive in your everyday. Let's get down to business and let's claim your glow up, girl. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Glow Up Effect podcast. Today, I'm hanging out with Vanessa Farina. Say hello. Hello. So me and Vanessa actually met at an event that was a launch party for one of your clients, correct? Yes, yes. So I was really excited to connect with you there. And I think I actually like you were we were exchanging social media and I had already followed you. (laughs) (laughs) Destiny that we landed there. But at the time I wasn't podcasting and I was like, listen, the day that I finally get my feet right back into podcasting, like you have to come join me. So I'm really glad that we were able to make this happen. I know it was absolutely divine time. And thanks for having me. Yeah. So I always ask my guests, you know, tell us who you are and what do you do? Absolutely. I'm a business and energy mentor, and I'm here to ignite female founders to really live intentionally within their business and their life. I think that there's nothing cooler than really looking at life and business with a human approach and lens. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Because sometimes we, we think of business being this structure and like everything right. has to be like so schematic and like robotic almost. So I love Rigid. that. I wanted to give you the floor to just like tell us about your background and how it's really shaped you into who you are today. Absolutely. So I started my career um, actually in entrepreneurship at age 15. Um, my mother and I co-owned a beauty Um, a fashion boutique. We had it for four years and I was going, I was in high school taking multiple business classes between consumer economics, four years of accounting, business organization and management, just to name a few. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately opened up the lens of what business looked like. And I had a big craving and desire to continue to learn more about it. And I learned marketing pre-social media era, which I think is also something that's really cool to have that perspective and vision of when it comes to business. Um, Four years after, um, we throughout the four years in business, we relocated the boutique three times due to the demand of customers needing more parking, needing more space for inventory. So it was really, really, really um humbling just to say the least of being able to see a business at that age grow like mm-hmm. so fast yeah it was fast. also most importantly we grew a collection of men's collection we originally just started with like women's fashion but I've always had a deep passion and love for men's collection as well so I launched that my mom was doing the women's and we had a very diverse group of customers and clientele mm-hmm. which we built very long-lasting relationships with um Through the time, I look back now and I realize I didn't necessarily understand how intuitively connected I was since a very young age. And I learned that from my mother. We closed down the boutique um, just months before the recession. Hmm. And we, we were like, we're thriving, but something doesn't feel aligned. And we, we just trusted that instinct And our business was not recession proof. So that was definitely something that we were like, wow, like what a lesson. And that threw me right into the corporate world because I thought to myself, I have a desire for learning more of business. There's so many different avenues that business can take you and give you opportunities. 
-hmm. And I didn't necessarily want to go straight into college. I was quite confused of these avenues and this question that everybody asks you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you have to pick one thing. It's like thinking about like, right? Like how many roads do you want? Like, which road do you want to go down? And it's like, yeah, you're in, in downtown New York. And it's like, um, it's like, how is this fair? <laughs> right. So I was very grateful that I had support from my mom and my family that they were just like, okay, we know that you're very smart and that you're looking and craving to test and see things out. I landed a corporate job as a financial assistant um, for the chief operating officer of a huge um, company in downtown Boston. And within six months I was promoted. Um, and I was one of, I think the only Latina in that company. Wow. Um, I was also the youngest one, at least by 20 years. Um, so it's very unique perspective to me. Uh-huh. And I received my first deep level of mentorship from my manager there, which I thought you got at every job. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, no, I, that's very interesting that you bring that up. Like, do you have any insight on like how, how important mentorship is in like growing, you know, your fundamental thing that absolutely everybody needs, like everyone, no matter how old you are, I'm a true believer that we're here, like having this forever human experience and we're constantly being challenged right Mm -hmm. to look at things from a different perspective from a different lens to get educated from different voices and opinions and privileges and economic statuses and mentorship has been the number one thing for me through my entire career that has led me in my terms that i define extreme success Um, so yeah, so while I was working at that company, if we fast forward, I've worked at, um, 15 years with all C-level executives out of, since a very young age. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that I was pursuing, um, college on a part-time basis, going after school and I didn't know I was dyslexic. So there was also that challenge of trying to understand things without questioning the authority of others. And I just think that was misunderstood. And it's also probably something that I look back and I didn't have the best communication skills at that time. And I transferred three different times because I was I was really wanting to go for business administration and or entrepreneurship. And I felt like I didn't belong. And here I am working a full-time job, working part-time jobs because I was also living on my own independently. And then attending school part-time, paying thousands and thousands of dollars and yet not being able to retain the information because I asked questions and it felt like, I think the faculty thought I was questioning their authority. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, just, I just have a, a different way of learning. And, yeah. and ultimately that is just one of the aspects of having like part of my career and uh, 90% of the time throughout the 15 years within my career, I've worked with entrepreneurs, visionaries, like these people who are wild visionaries. And I fed off that because I have that also in my blood as well. Mm -hmm. So throughout the years of my life and my career, I've also had my businesses and I don't want to say on the side, Um, because I want to hold in integrity, the respect that I have for my businesses. I don't think there has to be, oh, you must work 40 hours to then understand that that's something of a high priority of yours. I made my businesses. I've had a total of six businesses thus far between 
brick and mortar service based and product based. And they were always my priority as well as my career and my continued education and professional development. Yeah. I mean, I love that we were able to touch upon mentorship because I feel like a lot of people get tripped up a little bit because it's like, well, where do I find them? You know, like fortunate for you, you were, you know, working right next to them. Um, but it seemed like, you know, you, you were definitely juggling a lot. And while you were absorbing a bunch of information, you know, did you find it hard to maintain like work-life balance at the time? No, I mean, yes and no, like in human words, absolutely. But I also thought to myself, I'm very young at this point and I was not, I didn't have boundaries on needing to sleep eight hours because I felt great with three hours of sleep. And I don't regret doing that because I really took up all the juice that I had within my young adulthood. And I was able to just be a sponge in all possible aspects of my environment around me because I would often hear, you know, as you get older, you can't do it anymore. And I'm like, great, let me do it all now. I don't know what they're talking about. I also think that they're crazy because I don't believe that (laughs) until we get older and we're like, oh, got it. But um, it, I'm between really having, I think the part that I found hard was maintaining friendships, right? I was always someone who was very ambitious, more than the general person who was normally around me. And I always felt like the black sheep and or misunderstood, particularly as a woman who normally in society is identified as that nurturer, the person who is going to have um, values of wanting to be a mother and, or a wife and build a family. I'd never had those goals. So it was hard because I was trying to establish community for myself and friendships, but I didn't have sisterhood, Mm. but did I have mentorship? I did. And while the mentorship was a hundred percent based off a white male dominated industry of professionals, individuals with unlimited and endless possibilities, that aligned more with me in my life at that point. I do want to also mention for anybody who's looking for mentorship, I really want to define what that means for a lot of people who might be confused on what that means. It's really finding someone who you aspire to be or inspires you, or you have admiration for, you might not necessarily say, wow, I want to go to the moon like this person did, or maybe you do. And don't be afraid to ask them to be your mentor and to meet with you for coffee for 30 minutes a month, or even if it's quarterly mm-hmm. and ask for that, because I will tell you a hundred percent guaranteed that the ment- uh, the mentee is also going to benefit so much for mentoring that person as well. It is a two-way street and they will continue to grow in looking at things from a different perspective. And the person who's going to be your mentor does not have to be older than you. Also another misconception. Don't be afraid to ask for that. Hey, can I pick your brain? Can I do this? But also come very ready and prepared and respectful of their time if you're seeking for that. And that's ultimately how I did it. I was not afraid to ask and say, Hey, can I pick your brain? Hey, can I take you for coffee? Hey, can I take you for a drink? Can I, you have to, they have to eat meals, right? So it's like, how can you replace that time that they need to do with putting yourself in front of their face and getting ready to ask those questions and being open for constructive criticism? It is not that's personal. And something might not click with you today. And then three years down the line, you're like, Oh wait, so-and-so said this to me. 
now I got it. Mm. Mentorship is huge. I'm such a firm believer of that. And when people ask me, what is it that you do? I'm like, I'm here to be a mentor for women who crave about business and crave about life to living intentionally um, because I'm here to also walk the walk and you will find your mentors who are walking the walk. They are not giving you wonderful and ask, you know, inspirational quotes and telling you to, yeah, you need to find a routine. It's like, no, we're actually doing the do and it's hard doing the do walking the walk. And yeah. That's beautiful guys. I hope you were taking notes because I was definitely taking mental notes and it's like, that was like, it's things as simple as like just offering, like you said, weaving in yourself into things that need to get done into their daily schedule, um, was so like simple, but like a great approach and like a friendly low stakes approach, which I loved a lot too. Absolutely. And you just never know who this mentor is going to connect you with. They have a whole network of people that they're building their entire lives. It's not a lie that there's, right, there's this quote that says your net worth is your network. That is not a lie, you know? Um, So I learned that from a very young age to start building that. And I love to do that and build relationships with other people because I, I benefit from the actual satisfaction I'm helping others, but that connection that I can make for someone, it's, it's gold. It's priceless. It's that human approach to anything. No, yeah, I really love that. And I I did love earlier that you touched upon like how being ambitious and kind of staying um, in your tunnel vision for your goals can like hinder your friendships um, and your social um, circles, your social activity, um, because I had never really thought about that. And I, I noticed as you spoke, like, I feel that way sometimes, like, I'm doing X, Y, Z for, you know, to grow my business or to get more educated on X, Y, Z. And like my friends don't understand that. So now I kind of seek to like tap in other circles where it's like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. So sometimes you can definitely feel excluded. I know I think you use the term black sheep for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know that through my actual experience for myself and my journey, I had a really hard time understanding the concept of, you know, you are who you surround yourself with. It's not that these people are bad that Mm -hmm, are around you, that make you feel like black sheep. It's just that there's no common interest. And if there's no common interest, you're not going to feel supported. And if you don't feel supported, you're not going to feel motivated or driven. So you're not going to go after anything that you aspire and seek out to be. So therefore you have to find within aside from mentorship, a person, a group, a community, whatever, where you know that you can walk in, whether you are pulling your hair, bawling your eyes out, and everybody's going to maybe virtually run to you or like physically run to you and just give you a hug and be like, I get it. And or if you're going to walk in screaming your wins, people are also going to be like really happy and genuinely happy for you. And I think that's also the thing that happens as we go through life, we, um, we grow in different ways and aspects, right? We also have different desires. We think, see things through different lenses. It's okay to grow apart from people. People come into our lives for different stages and phases. And I think, you know, once we are able to adapt and understand that being open and available to just saying, Hey, and I'll, I'll admit I last year early last year, I said, I am open and available too. That's something separate from wanting and desiring. I want a different group of people 
that aspire as big and bigger than me. Because you never want to be the one who's aspired the most or this or that, not trying to say, you know, who's done what, but you always want someone who's done different. I don't also don't want to say more because I also am trying to bring a message out there that today is enough, Mm -hmm. right? But it's also okay to dream bigger and finding that balance because there's also that aspect of it when it comes to business, the more, the more, the next, the next big thing, the next, but then I'm also like, but what about today? Today is enough. Today is fine. Um, We don't know. We'll hear so many times that tomorrow is not guaranteed and life in the past couple of years has showed me that showed me grief through so many stages and it's also been a wonderful journey for me to be able to to say today is enough. So, yeah, I love that. Um, you know, and I think it it really goes back to walking the walk, being around people who you can like join arms with and walk that walk and like you said like cry with you, laugh with you, you know, celebrate the wins, like it it makes all the difference for sure. It definitely does. And I think the big thing that I saw within my community itself was that a lot of people had their own groups that they've grew up with. And that's really beautiful to have as well. But there also needs a different group for you for the things that you aspire to do, because sometimes that group is not going to be it. And that's why I started the CEO circle um, this summer. Um, I think it was like mid-June where it's just a community to gather people together, to hold them accountable, have a safe space for them to cry, scream, be happy, cheer on. And I'm really thrilled. We have just under 200 members. That's awesome. Like, and that takes place on Facebook? No, that's a private community. Okay, amazing. A private community. It's free. It's complimentary to any aspiring um, person in entrepreneurship as a business or current small business owner. And um, we have an app and you have access to that. We have this month in particular, I think five to six digital events. So it's like my way to give back and bring people into the group and saying like, it's okay. Look at what could be possible for you, but it's your responsibility to define what success will mean for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to tap into that. I got to join the CEO circle. Um, I wanted to circle back to the pandemic and we had it connected and there was a real pivotal moment for you. And I wanted to like give you the floor to really like share about how that redirected your path. Yeah, the pandemic shifted, I, I think, everyone's life in one <laughs> or another. And For me in particular, I had a very exciting career, very ambitious. It was the realization that I was contributing to the hustle culture my Mm. whole life without realizing it. So real. And there's nothing wrong with being ambitious and proacting and doing all the do because it genuinely brought me so much happiness and joy to me as a person. But I also didn't realize how I was contributing to the hustle culture. And it was a big mourning for myself and grief, like, oh, betrayal, like self-betrayal. Where is the self-love? Genuinely, it's not the, okay, I'm going to wake up. It's going to be a great day. You know, there it was a, how do I meet myself in a deeper way mm-hmm. that I never thought could be possible? I didn't understand the concept, but it all came through 
a death of a mentor. Creative CEO was born out of grief. Um, I was helping raise $25 million for a company that I was working with through the pandemic with a broken tailbone. I didn't take one single day off. And we closed the fundraise and a few weeks after uh, one of the people in my team of three um, gave their notice. And through the pandemic, um, 90% of the people who I worked with very deeply and closely no longer were with the company. So this was like the last person I was holding on to. I worked with them for many years. They moved on uh, to a different company. I was very happy for them. And I was trying to, I already had that sense of something shifting, but a very pivotal shift is happening in my life because I realized I was contributed, contributing to all of these things that I thought I was preaching to not be a part of. And um, I got a call um, on a Friday morning. It was like 6.50 a.m. from a girlfriend of mine who coincidentally went to go work at this place where this uh, mentor of mine also went to work. And I was informed that this mentor passed away at a very young age from a heart attack. Yeah. And it was my first human loss. I lost my dog two months before that. And then about two months later, I also lost one of my best friends at a very young age as well from a heart attack. So it was that moment of nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. And I'm not happy anymore where I am. I was convincing myself, right, that I wanted to climb that corporate ladder. But the more I climbed the corporate ladder, the more I was my heart was wounded. Um, my sisterhood had never healed. Um, there were the feminine aspects of my energy were not being nurtured. And I thought to myself, no, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I, I'm, I'm in the biggest grief stage of my life. And I have to find a way to bring this into a creative aspect for me. To me, that was healing. And that's how Creative CEO was born, where I thought I'm so brilliant at strategy with business. I'm so brilliant at being able to do all these different things. And I've worked at male-dominated industries. It is time for me to take this pivot mm -hmm. and now give back to my sisterhood, give back to the community and teach them and show them ways on how I've made my other businesses extremely successful. They've gotten me my 30 under 30 and 40 under 40 awards before even turning 30, but how can I continue to walk the walk to heal, to be able to do this for the community? And so I did, and we celebrated two years now of creative CEO being out there doing the do. Oh, snaps. I really <laughs> love how you married like grief and like moving forward with pouring into what you're passionate about and also like owning only that you're a badass. Like you said, I am brilliant. And like that word like chimed so deep in me because it's like, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm really good at this. And oh, I'm good at that. But it's like, I'm brilliant. Like, I love that. We are, brilliant. <laughs> we are all brilliant. And right. It's like also the, the being intentional with the words that we're using, you know, spelling is actually spelling, like think about it for a second. Um, and, or sometimes I like to say grand rising or buenos dias. I don't want to say good morning anymore. I'm not mourning this uh, phase in my life anymore. And I could get into a whole different conversation on that, but being intentional, we are brilliant. We are smart. We are kind. We are loving and using these terms and beautiful words when we 
whenever we can sprinkle them in is also really good because they will also um, nurture people where they are in their phase of life. Absolutely. I heard you mention a lot, you know, pivot and I chose to pivot and like, I wanted to talk a little bit about like you in the two years of creative CEO, like how have you been able to empower your clients to embrace the pivot? Absolutely. So when working with people, it's interesting when the business started, I do want to share a little bit of the, you know, what we think clients need and then they come in and what actually clients need and you have to mirror and meet them in the middle. So that was really a very humbling, another humbling um, opportunity that I had while working with clients in finding ways for them to trust me, to help them walk them through a pivot. And that is not easy because I will tell you, um, at least for myself, when I work with clients, it's very personal for me. I want to build long lasting relationships and friendships with them, but also I want to hold them accountable. But when working with pivots, I tell people, let's dream big. Let's think about what are the possibilities for you, but also let's get really educated on what could be possible for you. Because there's a difference between I want this, 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 this. But if we're not doing the market research in that actual information, in that industry that they're in, like nine out of 10 times, they're meeting themselves 80% short of what they're doing. So that's the thing that I always tell clients, we have to do the market research because that's really going to open up the Pandora box that you're meeting yourself short in every possible aspect for yourself. And then once we are able to find your own desires and your recipe for success, everybody has to create their own strategy for being able to pivot that, but also have a human approach and lens through their healing journey that includes their inner child, that includes, you know, any trauma, that includes anything that might have happened to them. That also includes healing the body. The body holds all of these memories, all of these emotions and things. And it's very important through the pivot of their career. Most of the people that I work with um, are either wanting to start up their business while they have a career, or they're looking to make a transition in the long term. And uh, through that journey, not the pivot is not just like, we're going to make multiple six figures. I'm not looking for that. The money is going to come. I'm looking for you to be happy today, to know that today is enough, to know that whatever you're doing today is enough because most of us are constantly on the hustle, right? That go, 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 go. Great. Um, but also I like to use different methodologies such as human design and or astrology, for example, I'm a manifesting generator. I'm someone who has way more energy than the general person and reminding them, don't compare yourself to me if that's not you. But also everybody has their own way that they're going to reach burnout. How do we plan for that not to happen? Because the whole purpose of you and being in business for yourself is not to be contributing to these things where you're like, I'm sick and tired of, I don't feel valued. I don't feel appreciated. I don't I'm not being paid for. I don't have the title. I don't have all these things because, right? Because they're masked and I don't want that. So the power of pivoting with clients is being able to do that. And also, I've also had clients who's come to me and said, I've wanted to X, Y, and Z this business. And through the right beginning of the stages of working together, they're like, actually, I don't want to do that. 
because they were in that hustle mentality. So being able to hold space for them and say, what do you desire to do? Let's go explore and then build that. Mm-hmm. They come to the realization that. And that's something- okay. That's totally fine. And then there's no shame in that. And I know sometimes I, I will see it coming from a mile away. I'm like, this, this is not what you desire to do from your deepest core, soul purpose driven, but okay, I'll take you there for a little bit. And then I will, we're going to pivot. We're going to pivot back. And I think there's just so much power in pivoting and so much power in rejection. And I love celebrating fail forward moments because I think people truly genuinely forget that all these successes never, ever come from making one decision and everything's you know, everything's great. If anything, it's like so cool to say, wow, I achieved this milestone because I learned X, Y, and Z and I helped so-and-so person. And I fell flat on my face, but I got back up. I mean, look at babies. They start learning how to walk. How many times do they fall without a shame? They get back up and they keep going and parents, they clap and they praise them. It's like, why can't we do that for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really love that. Um, it's very evident that, you know, you pour a lot of energy and love and intention into your clients. So thank you so much for sharing that. Sure. Uh, I wanted to talk about your events that you do with your business and really how you've been able to expand these events outside of Massachusetts. So can you share a little bit about that and maybe any challenges you've faced? Absolutely. So i been known to create experiences for people and previous businesses of mine um, have all been word of mouth. Mm. And because of the experiences that I create for humans, I'm like, I, I don't want to create a networking event where you come in and you are nervous and you came by yourself and, or you came with another person and you met maybe one other person and you sat there in the corner and you see all these clicky groups. And you're like, I wasted my time putting myself out there was really hard. And now I'm here and then probably not going to go to another one ever again. In reality, I am a introvert who's learned how to become extroverted through my own desires. And I get to really understand what it's like to be in people's shoes on both of the like scopes. So when I create these experiences, I really look at things from the scent, like when people come in, what are they going to smell? What are they going to see? How are they going to feel? Because that is the trust, you know, factor for me. And I always welcome everybody at the front door, every single person greeting them. And that's how I've become really known for the experiences that I'll create um, untraditional mixers, untraditional dinners, untraditional brunches. Um, I do retreats in Puerto Rico. I do the summits. I did a sold out summit in Boston this past fall, which actually started January, 2020. Um, and then we did another one in Jersey, which was for New York and people in New Jersey. Um, I do, um, CEO pop-ups in between New York and Miami and Boston. And, I, I mean, I do it. I, I genuinely just do it. I'm like, what am I craving and desiring to put for people together? And that's how I lead doing these. And I'm always looking at the lens of what small businesses can I support through the process? Who can I shout out, you know, and give visibility to through the process? What people can I put together? What are people needing? What are their desires? And that's really how I 
cultivate that experience um, and events process for people. And it wasn't easy being, you know, hey, let's start traveling quarterly between Boston and Miami. <laughs> but I'm I'm someone who likes to travel. I'm someone who gets inspired by that process. And I thought to myself, if I'm already doing it for my personal aspect of it, I am traveling at least quarterly. What could my clients and or community benefit from that? And I tried it. I just did a simple tester of that last summer. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, this could be a thing. So I always like to do everything beta style, like just test it, test it. And you can even tell people, hey, I'm doing a beta on something. People are going to thrive for that. Don't be ashamed of it. So I started doing that and they've gone really well. Uh, they've gone really well. And in particular, the retreat in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When I was on your Instagram page, I was like, wow, like she is all over the place. That is so cool. And I like that everything feels like you said, like, uh, intentionally curated and intimate. Um, so I really love that. And I definitely love that you do the retreat in Puerto Rico. I'm actually headed there next year for a wedding, but I wanted to ask you, you know, what, what drew you to Puerto Rico? Absolutely. So my husband and I have been going to Puerto Rico for 11 years now, um, at least four times a year. And it was something that we both had gone 12 years ago. We were there briefly without each other. Um, and when we started dating, we're like, we want to find a place that's grounding and humbling for the both of us. And we both yelled out Puerto Rico. We went there and it's not just a, it's a very underrated, beautiful Island, but the the culture there is quite uniquely grounding to say the least. Um, so because I did that for myself, like I expressed, I thought if I do things for myself, how can that benefit the community and or my clients? And I thought we should do a retreat here. There's so many places that are glamorized for their retreats and by no disrespect, they're beautiful. And I thought I've never seen a retreat or heard of a retreat happening in Puerto Rico. It's in the US, you don't need a passport, same time zone if you're in Eastern Standard Time, same currency, but you just go there and they're, 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 the culture there, I like have no words to describe then yeah. when you're there. I was just, I just landed yesterday. Um, it's so grounding and it takes the vanity metrics out of life as well. It's like from shiny syndrome object, object syndrome or whatever it's called. But also um, it really puts me in a place of vulnerability and allow me to heal in different aspects of traveling to other places and it's the nat natural beauty that comes out within me being inspired from the island's beauty and then wanting to find ways to bring awareness of the island. Um, you know, we know that they've gone through so many tragic natural disasters without having support or relief in the best way that we as society could give them. So while I can't change that, I can change bringing awareness and bringing people together on the island and showing them about their culture and how they can rejuvenate in a very natural way. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, who is the ideal attendee for your retreat or who does your retreat cater to? Is it only business owners? Um, yeah. Is it only, you know, women seeking sisterhood? Like share a little bit about, you know, your ideal attendee. <laughs> yes. 
So the ideal attendee for the retreat is someone who has an idea for a business, um, someone who is serious about the idea, ideally someone who has been focused on providing services and or products for at least a year. I've had other people who've come who are at six months. That's not an issue at all. You know, we want to get very serious people who are in desire of their business, um, but also those who are craving sisterhood, those who are um, coming from a place of understanding what hostile culture means to them. Um, ultimately, it is combining the masculine feminine energies and I've put a, I put a twist into it recently, this um, last one that we did this past spring, where I'm aligning these methodologies with human design and astrology to be able to, I call it, align the stars with your strategies. I love uh, because while we have all of these strategies in place, a lot of the time they're very cookie cutter. And there could be resistance and or there could be possible situations where we're not seeing the desires of our outcomes that we want. And I ask people, well, if you've created a strategy that's not aligned with someone the way you operate in your work style and who you are as a human, then chances are there's that resistance between those two different aspects of things. So the retreat not only focuses on creating the strategies, looking at those from a human perspective, but also really asking who is it that you are as a person with using, you know, human design and or astrology and bringing awareness to that person on their best strengths to say the least, right? And how to use possible challenges and obstacles that they may come across to their benefit. So aligning those two, um, yeah, it's, it's a really neat process to be able to do that for both. Um, and most of the time, um, all the time, actually, we go through looking at what your annual plans are, what your possible um, revenue channels are. That's something that's, that's my jam, to be honest. I love looking at revenue channels. How can you monetize something? And I don't believe in um, just raising prices or pricing things just because what you see out there. I think there's also a really big aspect in creative CEO as the business as helping um, women really heal their money and wealth, um, you know, story within themselves. Because if we're trying to, like uh, Creative CEO's mission is to ignite female founders to build generational wealth while healing generational patterns. Um, and we can't do that without, you know, we can't talk about pricing. We can't talk about sales. We can't talk about marketing if we haven't healed. Yeah. So there's a lot of healing that happens there for us to be able to be like, okay, we've gone through, the, the deep stuff. And now we can actually go and operate as a creative CEO. I love that. I want to go, I'm going in the near future for sure. Um, and guys, you know, be sure to check out Vanessa's website, which she'll share with us shortly. If you're interested in something like this. Um, so yeah, we're about to wrap up. I always ask my guests, do you have a glow tip? I do. Uh, the glow tip is if you are able to calm and nurture your nervous system, you can accomplish anything you possibly desire. I love that. For me, what came up is like stopping and breathing because I feel like some in like the deep belly breath, because I've noticed like I am going around all day running around and it's like we breathe. Yeah, but we're not inhaling where it, it really feels like meaningful and intentional and it calms you so much. 
Yes, I've recently became a EFT practitioner. Are you familiar? And I, I've learned about that methodology before. And I'm like, oh, that's, it's really nice. I've done it with the group settings at the summits because we always have those. I'm like, they're very powerful, but I didn't know how powerful they could be on a personal level in the incorporation of the breathing. Mm -hmm. I do it every morning. It is now what calms my nervous system to the max. Oh, wow. Okay. I got to look into it. We do the method of retreats as well. <laughs> oh my God. Well, yeah, definitely got to look into that. But Vanessa, thank you so, so much for everything. For wealth of knowledge, all the passion and love and creative energy that you've poured into this today. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, where can the listeners find you online uh, to yes. connect with you? Of course, it's hellocreativeceo.com and or feel free to send me a DM at Vanessa Farino. Um, on Instagram. I love having human conversations with people. So don't be shy. If this um, episode, you're like, oh, I have a question or I have a feedback or I have a thought of some sort, please, please reach out. I love to get to know more people. All right. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. See you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow Up Effect podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you love this episode, please share with your friends and family and tell them to check out the Glow Up Effect. Lastly, if you don't already, please check me out on Instagram at the Glow Up Effect. 